Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Troubling Issues. It's a podcast about comics, but it's for everyone whether you like comics or not. Every fortnight, we read a single issue of a comic book and talk about it in, uh, let's say, copious detail to entertain and inform you about the comic and hopefully a heap of other stuff. If you want to, you can read along with the comic, but you don't have to. The comic we'll be reading will either be good, it might be bad, or it might be a bit crazy, but it will be definitely noteworthy. I'm Brad Daniels, comic writer, artist and fan, and this week's guest star is Comedy Man... Jim Reynolds. <laughs> Thanks, Brad. Thanks, Brad. That's, I'm glad I said that would be my credit. I like it. It sounds good. Uh, it's nice to be here, Brad. It's it's really nice to have you, Jim. Um, it's really hot. Can I just say this? This is not going to mean anything to your listeners, but it's about to storm here in, in Queensland, and uh, I'm sitting in the hottest room of my house in my underpants. Oh, now I'm getting more excited. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, and it's also, I mean... This the heat will change. The storm will hit, possibly while we're recording this uh, podcast. Uh, and the other noteworthy thing is, it is in fact Halloween as we do this, and uh, nothing spooky is happening here at the moment. Oh well, I'm sitting here in my underpants. It's pretty spooky. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So Jim, uh, why don't you? We know you're a comedy man, but we don't know much else about you. Would you like to tell us about yourself? Uh, th- uh, sure. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm a comedy man. I- I'm a director of Big Fork Theatre here in Brisbane uh, that you perform and teach with, uh, uh, Mr. Daniels. Uh, and I, uh, I don't know. I- I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a comedy man. Doesn't that say it all? What, what, what do people normally say in this part, Brad? I don't know. That's usually they talk about like pets or lately, like. Lately, a lot of people have been saying I'm a director of Big Fork Theatre because I've had yeah, well, that's, everyone. That. There's only five of us, Brad. You know, I've sure got, you I think I've got everyone except for uh, Rosa at this stage. She likes comics. Rosa I and I, uh, Rosa and I, we 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 trade comics sometimes. I lent her, um, I lent her Fun Home, and she lent me uh, uh, Persepolis. Ah, those are both really good comics. Too. They're both free and I love Fun Home. We should talk about Fun Home. Ah, uh, gotta get it. I haven't read it yet. I've just it's heard that. It's fantastic. I will lend you it, and I will oh, lend yes. you the companion soundtrack to the Broadway musical of the same name, which is also uh, phenomenal. Uh, wow, I can't wait for the Broadway musical of one of my comics. Uh, that'll be a, that'll be that'll be quite a time. <laughs> it certainly will be. It'll be four disjointed, like unrelated musicals smashed together. Yeah. And then someone has dubbed secondary lyrics over the primary lyrics. I love it. Yes. Tales too stupid to sing. Yes. Perfect. We got it. Uh, that's me. That's 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 me. Okay. So uh, well that's that sounds good. So you're we realize you're a comedy man and you do comedy things. Uh, what is your relationship to comic books? Uh, my relationship with comic books, I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a comics connoisseur or anything like that. Uh, 
I've never sort of been the person at the comic book shop rifling through the single issues thing. Uh, my relationship with comic books started in, in university when uh, Brisbane listeners may remember Borders had a big bookshop in the city. And when my lectures and stuff were finished for the day, I would go into the Borders in the city and go to the graphic novel section and read Batman graphic novels uh, until my mum finished work to pick me up from Borders. That's excellent. I know. What a, what a beautiful story. Uh, yeah. 17-year-old Jim waiting for his mum to pick him up, reading yeah. about Batman. Uh, oh. But that, 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 since then, I, I don't know. Batman is, is the comic thing that I like uh, if I had to pick them. Uh, but uh, and, and I like reading about, like, the ridiculous arcs of that comic books go through, but I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't follow religiously the plot lines and things. I, I'll, I'll buy a graphic novel from you at one of your wonderful market stores. People can go to Brad, uh, and I will read that and enjoy it. I'm reading Zot at the moment, um, uh, and having a lot of fun with it. Uh, I'm reading it in the toilet. <laughs> I find that's the best place to read. Yeah, why? Well, get... I normally have a, a, a toilet book. Uh, on the go as well as a bed book and then perhaps a third supplementary book uh for just in case but at the moment like I've a got, lounge room book or something like a lounge room book but normally the bedroom book will double as a lounge room book but i won't bring the toilet book into the lounge room because that seems a little yeah you unbeautiful. don't want to admit, don't want to cross those streams so yeah, but I've had comics work well as a toilet book yeah that's my relationship with comics <laughs> fair enough you while away the hours of them yeah uh, that's good. Uh, okay, so let, that's, that's uh, good to see that you, you, you're not a complete neophyte fight to comics. We've had a, a few neophytes. Uh, I, know, I know things about Batman. Yeah, cool. And that will not help you with this comic, though. The comic we are reading in this episode is The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Volume 1, Issue 1, published March 1999, written by... Uh, Alan Moore, and illustrated by Kevin O'Neill, both of whom have featured in this podcast previously, but this is their first collaboration we're looking at. Uh, and yes, so I was uh, saying before we started the podcast, I was asking if you if you were aware of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah, I'm aware of it through two reasons uh, i've read other alan moore things i love v for vendetta i think that's uh that's probably one of the best comic books i've read uh and i've read watchmen of course um and some assorted little bits and pieces that he's done in superhero stuff uh but not this one and also i know of the, the movie that's supposed to be bad um yes it lives uh, up to its uh reputation yeah good all right sweet um, but apart from that, I was blind going into this uh, book. And I, 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 can you pronounce for me, Brad? Yes. For those that are reading along at home, the, the cover sheet, the cover page to this uh, has the artists and writers' names at the top. What's Ben's last name, Brad? Uh, ben de Magmelon. What? Ben de Magmelon. Magmelon? Uh, yeah, but I'm going to go with that, yeah. But to me, Magalil. it's D I M A G M A L I W. Yeah. Okay. So if I was to, if I was to, I'm not sure what Ben did, but uh, his his name would I'd send it out D. Yeah. That's your. 
I'm fine with it up to the last letter. D Magmalew. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't. Well, I don't. That's, that seems. That seems like it might be potentially I'll offensive. No, I don't. I don't, I don't like, like the name. It just confuses me. Mm. I've never seen that last name before, Brad. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad. Well, we've already. Oh, what a bombshell! We're already into the good stuff. Um, yeah. Okay. A general, a general point that I'll make, though, just to just yeah. to counteract this, is that I love the art style of this comic book. Oh, uh, yeah. It's fantastic. Well, that is. That is the. I would say. Attributable to the art style of uh, Kevin O'Neill, who is a English artist who did a lot of work for the weekly magazine 2001. No, 2000 AD. I always get that mixed up. 2000 AD, he created Nemesis the Warlock and uh, Martial Law. And he has an amazing style. It's like unlike anything else in comics, as far as I can tell. It's, it's like a Slightly problematic to pick, well, let's say totally problematic depictions of um, Arabic men, notwithstanding. Uh, I, I love the visual style of this this, not, this comic book from, from where to go, yeah. yeah. We'll get into that, won't we, probably? We, well, we are. We're into it right now. So the cover illustrates uh, a group of, let us say, five people, though it can be difficult to uh, make that distinction. Uh and in what appears to be an art gallery, there is a uh, a headless and handless statue behind them, a gigantic skull, and uh, a wall full of framed pictures of interesting things. Uh, so let's see. We got the steel giant. Okay, let's talk a little bit about uh, the, uh, the the pictures here. Yeah. Is that so? So I I don't recognize many of these people. Is it supposed to be Edgar Allan Poe in the top corner? Top corner, uh, top the, the right side, hand side. side. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure on that one. It doesn't appear so. He doesn't have the. He's got a different do, as far as I can tell, from Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, I, I I I just I don't like. I love the I love the squid monster. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, no, it, it it brings back echoes of uh, of uh, Watchmen, but also some stuff later in this book that we'll talk about. Well, the uh, the title of that particular painting is Nautilus, which should give away pretty much what it is. It, that is, in fact, the Nautilus, the submarine of Captain Nemo. Oh, right. Okay. 2001, no, 2001. This is really expose 20,000 leagues under the sea. It's going to expose my ignorance about classic. So this this whole comic book is like a, a massive love letter to like Victorian era shit. Yes, uh, uh, which <laughs> is not my bag generally, yeah. but I can appreciate it being very much ticking the box, uh, kicking the goal of doing that. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I imagine someone like yourself, Brad, might be a, a bit of a Victorian era nerd. Uh, to a degree. I mean, I was a big uh, Sherlock Holmes fan. So. Yeah, well, okay. Uh, there's also a picture of Dorian Gray in the background yes. there. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Um, so Fra Francis Varney, which I believe references the first vampire uh, novel, Varney the Vampire. Oh, wow. I'm uh, learning podcast, Brad. Oh, that's what I mean. I'm here to entertain and inform. Okay. I found out that I have a limitation with my eyes. Oh, dear, Brad. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> okay. Well, what? I can't zoom in close enough. What a enough time to find out. 
Two. Uh, well, halfway through a podcast. I'm used to cheating with. Uh, yeah. I, I think we went page one. one we're talking about this cover page for a good fifteen minutes. <laughs> uh, I I love all of the the interstitial, uh, especially the uh, orange study. Uh, gorgeous. The orange study. I've moved ahead now. To oh, you've already to you've already skipped over that. Okay, so this is like. Uh, yes, let's move on. Uh, then we have a nice design piece. Um, and then the orange study, once again, the Bloomsbury Quintet. Uh, now there's one of, this is illustrating some of the characters from the story. Uh, but we don't know who they are yet. Yeah, that'll be revealed. That's, as shall be revealed, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Volume 1, 1898. What is this contraption? Oh, I think that figures in the finale of okay. the well, the story. No spoilers. Uh, so I believe it's some sort of anti gravity device, as used by First Men in the Moon. Oh, okay. Which, uh, I'm, uh, I think I'm going to sound a spoiler horn right here and start spoiling things for this. Well, right, uh, no, this don't thing. do this. I don't oh, know. okay. Well, let's, let's say a. Let's certain... just move on to the credits page, and we'll 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 we'll, we'll pretend it never happened. Okay, no worries at all. So, okay. credits page, all very, uh, all very uh, Victorian style. Yes. Playbill. You know. my, my frame of reference here is Black Out of the Third, and the yeah. end credits to Black Out of the Third, which always uh, tickled me. So this this is right in my comedy sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, very very well Tremendous done. Tremendous expense. We are proud to present. Yeah. Mr. Alan Moore, the world-famous Northamptonshire Nightingale, famed for his verbal recitations and comical narratives. <laughs> it's very good. Uh, uh, you can tell Alan Moore would have written all this and he would have had a ball. Yeah, a ball. Tony Tintoretto and his remarkable satirical likenesses. Lexicographical? Yes. Legend. Oh. What a, what a lovely... Lexographical Liedermain of... Oh, is it pronounced Liedermain? I believe so, yes. Sorry. Okay. Uh, wow. Uh, yeah, it, it's just, It puts you in the in the mood. Uh, and also, look at Scott uh, Chase Me Kaiser Dunbeer's uh, Master of Ceremony Musical's Golden Lab of Comedy. You know what? Can we re-record the opening, Brad? And, uh, and not a comedy man, but a golden lad of comedy. Uh, look, we'll use that for the uh, we'll use that for the outro. I reckon. So, please do. I love that. Okay. I want to know. Do we know much about Scott Dunbeer? Uh, uh, he probably the editor. I don't know. Okay. Well, uh, I I enjoy that. Yeah, it's a nice little. Uh, just a scene setting piece, like a mood setting piece. Yes. And as always, God bless Her Majesty. I was about to point that out at the bottom. God bless Her Majesty. I love that now, America's Best Comics as well as publishing this, which is totally incongruous. Mm, yes. And there's a, there's, a, there's a tale there. America's Best Comics was uh, set up uh, by Jim Lee, who is a famous comic artist. Yeah, I, yeah, I am familiar. As a spin-off of his Wildstorm uh, comic company, and its big draw was that it had Alan Moore, 
Alan Moore, who famously would not work for uh, DC, DC Comics anymore because they kept on screwing him over in a variety of ways. Uh, then uh, DC Comics bought Wildstorm. Oh. And Jim Lee is now a publisher of DC Comics. Uh, and Alan Moore was forced to work for them for a while, but they continued to screw him over in various ways. Uh Alan Moore, too too pure and strange for this world. <laughs> Definitely too strange. I don't know how pure he is. Let's I mean, that. like ideologically pure, maybe. I don't know. But uh, yeah, not, not, yeah. He's famously what, like a magician slash. Oh, yes. He is a chaos magician. Yeah. Uh, and slash. Yeah. Yeah. He's an anarchist. Oh, he worships the snake god. He does the whole thing. Yeah. Good, good for him. Doing his <laughs> thing. Yeah, no, no stopping him. No stopping I mean, him. Is, I, I, don't, I don't, I'm not across if Alan Moore is a problematic figure. Oh, well, well, we'll discuss that as we go through the comic. Okay. Shall we? Yes, let's do that. I don't understand this message to my readers, uh, Brad. This, this all <laughs> went over my head. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this is gobbledygook as far yeah. as I can tell. Yeah. I don't know who Scotty Smiles is. I don't know how it relates to the rest of the comic book. I don't know why we're seeing a Christmas uh, section. I this was baffling and put me in a bad mood. If I'm honest, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so I think this is like a a fictionalized letter from the editor saying, uh, you know, this uh, making it's making out like this is a Christmas annual, which is a thing that happens in the UK, where at the end of the year they produce like the Beano yeah. annual, yeah. Uh, or uh, I don't know, Airwolf annual. Any sort of TV show or comic or movie get annuals that grandparents can buy their grandkids and, you know, not have to think about what they're going to get them. Yes. And it goes on about how I'm sure it'll be enjoyed by the rich boys and also the, the poor orphans who will get it in a couple of years. Yeah, look, I understand it's trying to do something satirical, but I was just like, it's page one, guys. Let's, let's, let's do some story first. But anyway. Well, think of this as a forward, shall we? Uh, yes, let's think of it as a forward and, and then move forward into into the part that excited me. Okay, and then a little uh, opening uh, plate where it says, The British Empire has always encountered difficulty in distinguishing between its heroes and its monsters. Uh, now, Can't you know, you know why it's excited me, Brad. Uh, you, you're a big fan of cliffs and you liked the look of the picture of cliffs. I mean, it is a great picture of cliffs. But, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of James Bond. Yeah. Uh, and I got, uh, I've got, a, I got an idea from this that this might be a relative of James Bond, which was later confirmed by my supplementary research, that this Campion Bond is supposed to be James Bond's grandfather. That is correct. Yeah, and that excited me just from a, like, James Bond part of my brain was tickled. Uh, yeah. You're a Bondage fan. Uh, I'm a fan of uh, James Bondage. <laughs> okay, James Bondage. Um, uh, yes, and indeed that is part of the reason why I selected this comic for you. We did, a, we did looking... a fantasy draft, a James Bond fantasy draft, uh, fantasy bondage, if you will, uh, a few yeah. months ago, Brad. That was a lot of fun. And we, fantasy bondage was the best sort of bondage? We, we chose uh, different elements from different James Bond films and, and made our own James Bond films over Skype with a bunch of friends, and it was a good time. It was fun, and I it did make the most uh, dire and dark story. We did. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It was fun, though, as I recall. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Uh, cool. So, and this is all... By now, if you haven't included, been included in with what this whole League of Extraordinary Gentlemen thing, it is basically Victorian fan fiction where Alan Moore gets all his favourite fictional characters and mashes them together like uh, a kid smashing together his action figures uh, into one co- cohesive cohesive question mark story. Yes. <laughs> cohesive question mark story. Yeah. I, I, and, this, this sounds like a very comic book uh, comic book nerd thing to say, and I'm not a comic book nerd, but I, I like the lettering in this. Oh. Yeah. So you like the work of Tom. Yeah, I found it very aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. They put in a lot of effort on that. In fact, I think uh, Wildstorm was known for its good lettering. Mm. Let's begin, shall we? The actual story starts. Uh, there's a, a large man, one would say a corpulent figure, at the White Cliffs of Dover, I would say, I'd guess. A kingpin-esque physique. Indeed. Uh, a, a horse-drawn carriage, one might say a handsome cab, uh, draws up out a young lady alights. The man lights a uh, lights his cigarette, cigarette in his cigarette holder, and the lady says, "Mr. Bond, good day to you." Uh, okay, and we are introduced to Wilhelmina Murray uh, and Campion Bond, the first two characters in this particular story. Uh, John Bull match- matches. John Bull is like Uncle Sam for the uh, for the UK. Uh, I didn't know that Wilhelmina Murray was the uh, protagonist of. I mean, this wrong. Dracula, right? Well, I think reading the original story, you would be very hard pressed to call her the protagonist. Okay. Well, sorry. But- she was a supporting character in Dracula. Yes, she was uh, Nina Harker. This, this is what I mean. This is, this is kind of like you would need to like know some shit to fully get this novel, this graphic novel. Like it's playing, it's not dumbing itself down. Like it's assuming a lot of knowledge. I had to go back and read it again after I'd looked up who everyone was supposed to be. Yeah. This is a comic which uh, is greatly enhanced by doing a little research. Yes, agreed. As you're going along. Uh, we flip over... Also, can I just point out that, that Campion Bond appears to be wearing the Infinity Stones on his fingers? <laughs> uh, yes, well, maybe he is Thanos. Who's to say? Mm, who's to say? Uh, I'll put that down as a fan theory. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we have our opening splash page uh, showing a gigantic bridge being built from the White Cliffs of Dover. One can only assume to mainland uh, Europe. It's very good. It just is so evocative. There's so much going on. It tells you a million different stories visually. Yeah. Uh, it's just good. It's just good comics, Brad. Kevin O'Neill is shelf a comics. twisted genius. A I genius, mean, but a twisted one at that. The, like, intricacies of these steampunk creations that are rising out of the green sea. Mm. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, yeah, there's so much detail in there, and it's like all in a, like I said, a really baroque sort of, mm-hmm. uh, just expressionistic style. The, the Britannia statue, you know, arms outstretched, uh, just like, ugh, it's all 
icon iconic. It all is all iconic and uh, very indelible. Uh, the title of the story: One Empire Dreams. It's a good seagull. Uh, good seagull art too. <laughs> it's a good seagull action, yeah. I mean, oh boy, everything is there. Like the detail, it, everything uh, stands as a part of a whole. Everything has a has a purpose. Mm. Uh, yes, uh, Miss Murray Nina would like to be called. Uh, okay, we have we flip over to the next page. They're having a conversation. Uh, about how she's divorced. Uh, she's now working for uh, the government, let's say. So uh, it, yeah, it, a, lot, they, a lot of this is a bit like some of it is like wink, wink, nudge, nudge to like the past backstory of this character that I was a bit like, yeah. okay, sure. Ravished by uh, a foreigner. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm sure that's something. Uh, and the, the 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 red scarf, you know. Yeah, on second read, I'm like, okay, that's kind of clever. But yeah. I, I did not have that cleverness in my brain when I first read, so I lost a few things. But, yes, I think if you, if you like, before you read this book, go through and look at all the names of the characters and find out their backstories, and then you'll have a good chuckle as you read. Yes, indeed. Also, uh, how creepy is that third panel, the way he's... <laughs> the way... Oh, yeah, he's like... <laughs> Campion Bond is a piece of work, uh, much like his grandson, I would say. Who does wow. appear in a later volume of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Uh, I've heard it in a not very flattering way, so I'm not, not flattering at all. I might not be able to read it. Uh, that's when she takes me, Mina back to room 101. There's, there's no more spoilers, Brad. You know. Okay. You know. uh, okay, fair enough. Okay, so flipping the page. Yeah. Uh, something something is approached by C. Yep. Uh, uh, like the second panel, he appears to be dissolving into his coat slightly, but um, yeah, it's like swallowing him whole. But I love, I love the again the art, just like the 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 consistent image separated into four panels to show the passage of time. Like it's so well done. Yeah, it's very well done. Uh, and uh, the first mention of Mister M. Yes, again, and when I saw that, I was like, well, that can only mean James Bond's M. But then I was mistaken. Yeah, or maybe. Maybe that's where the, uh, the the non de plume came from. Ooh, well, that's an interesting fan theory. Or is that is that canon in this in this? Uh, I think I think it's well. That's that's my canon. Wow. If uh, he that was the secret service, and it became an honorary title, which was passed oh, on. Shit. Oh wow. Okay. Well, shit. Oh, this is breaking my brain. Yeah. Um, more more uh, seagulls. Just more seagulls on on three. The the. Uh, the speculation is the identity of M. Mm. Oh, we haven't got to that yet, have we? Oh, oh yes, it is Mycroft Holmes. But there is another M in the Holmes canon that I could be referring to. Mm. We'll find out. Indeed. Not in this but, issue, though. Not in this issue, but I have some good research. I could say spoilers, because I'm the one worried about spoilers. It's it's Moriarty. But, yeah, this is very, um, you know this victorian idea of england uh it's it's a fun world to play in i think it is uh, indeed your chariot approaches and then some bubbles occur bubbles mm. and then oh we do a little dissolve if it was a filmic te technique yeah. this would be like a uh a smash cut like in 2001 from a bone to a spaceship but instead we're shown bubbles 
in an opium uh, hooker, I suppose. Um, and we are in Cairo, June 1898. Now, I do not read Arabic, but I'm absolutely certain that, uh, that Alan Moore would have uh, gotten translation. Yeah, in the, in the credits page, it talks about that he got a translation service to do his Arabic translation. Yeah. Uh, so these next couple of pages, Brad, uh, like this is where this is this is some there's some there's some stuff in these pages that is a little uh, okay. Well, let's, let's let's say like Mina shows up. She's <laughs> seeking a man. Yes, uh, he is in a a Mister Quartermain. Yes. Uh, this name, of course, meant nothing to you. Uh, I I knew of it, but not from the full details okay so like a english adventurer a pulp hero of the day a flashman kind of character maybe if you will yes uh his speciality was africa and going and finding lost cities and having strange adventures there great but as you as you mentioned beg my pardon as you mentioned uh there uh nina is uh uh, asking for some, for him to join uh, her crusade and uh, the, the, the eye the eye stuff the eye stuff in this on this first page is so like grotesque but so effective like the the the, the slowly opening and closing eye. Uh, I'm sure that Mr. Moore has had some experience with uh, drug induced hazes. Oh, it's the, the one where he says "Go away!" Like the look on the look of that eye is yeah. truly grotesque. In, in a in a such an effective like contrasting with the sort of the way that he draws um Wilhelmina. Uh yeah. oh it's it's so it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. This is a man who yeah. has completely lost himself. Yes. Uh and yes, and then we come to the the attempted rape, I suppose. Yeah. This is this is not great in 2020. Uh, this this uh, this the especially in on the first panel of the next page, and in subsequent panels, the the really let's just say it's it's uh, and look this is the this is the we probably can have a brief discussion. But is this racist to draw attention to racist depictions of Arabic people in the Victorian era, or is it just racist? God, that's a good question. I mean, I'm sure that okay. Uh, to to tackle the racist thing first, okay. I'm sure this is not the only racist depiction you will find in this comic, but I'm sure that Alan Moore was tr attempting to draw on the influences of the of the uh, literature of the time. Yeah, and I can see that. I don't know if it's entirely successful. Uh, at being i guess a satire of it i think it is i don't yeah. think it's a satire though you know it's like it's very hard to read i mean these are two horrible men but yeah. whether that's because uh they are arabic or because they are horrible men because there's as we mentioned before there's no there's no um shortage of grotesqueries yeah um, it's the way they're drawn as well like the way they're drawn is truly like demonic uh, and it's a it's a well worn trope in comics, and especially Alan Moore comics is sexual violence. Uh, yeah. he, he does he seems he starts chucking oh, in a lot of his comics. 
That's the thing we have to, that's like something that we sort of have to address. I yeah. mean, because he is, I think Alan Moore himself is very sex positive. He is, yeah, famously. But he, he seems to think, well, I have to show how horrible sexual violence is over and over yeah. and over and over again. Yeah. Uh, in so much is that uh, uh, there's, this is the first issue is like uh, Mina is put in danger of uh, rape and the second issue, the same thing happens again. Yeah, gross. I don't know why. Why, Elmore? It's, it, it does, it's unnecessary to me. Uh, it's like it's like it's a writer's tick that is uh, can really wear on the on the reader. Yeah, it, 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 it bummed me out to see that this is the way they took this scene. It didn't need to do They did. We didn't need this. It's artificial kind of uh, drama. I don't, know, I don't know. It just, it, it rubbed me the wrong way uh, and yeah. put me offside. Uh, uh, yeah, even more so than the, the letter at the beginning. Like, I can see what, it, dramatically it works, I suppose, if you mm. if you take it out of context. Uh, but you can't really. Uh, and... Yeah, let's just skip to the docks. <laughs> yeah, okay. I think what you're saying, and I will second, is uh, just quit it, Alan Moore. Quit it. Yeah. Quit it. I mean, it's just like, it's a thing that he can't seem to get over. I mean, Liga Extraordinary Gentleman changes as it goes along. It starts off strictly Victorian fiction. Then he, like, tries to move closer and closer to the present day. Oh, weird. There's like a, a hundred years where, uh, oh, I... I, I know you don't want uh, yeah, go on. If you can spoil it. You can spoil it. It's a hundred years where there is uh, a sexual adventure with several of the characters. What? Where they are just exploring their sexuality. How? What? 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 Now I can't talk about it more than that because you don't want spoilers. But uh, that seems to be a very different story than what this it, is. It's at times it becomes unrecognizable. Okay, because I know Alan Moore wrote that like lost girls book whatever that was like yes he did yeah sexual awakening of like like wendy from peter pan and stuff it's like this yeah, is... yeah that's like it's sort of like the uh the porn version of league of extraordinary gentlemen if such a thing exists because it has right. it's a uh, alice in wonderland uh wendy from peter pan and dorothy from uh from oz I mean, are these and the, I'm supposing that these are um, the these characters of age. Ah, uh, yes. Okay, that's something, I guess. I don't know. Alan Moore is a weird. He's a weird dude. I don't. I don't. He's, he's, he's yeah. famously sex positive, but sometimes he's got a very complicated and and not. I don't know. It's semi inconsistent. It feels like <laughs> he's such a good. He's usually such a good writer that people can overlook his. Uh, preoccupation yeah he's a great writer it's true it's true uh it's it's like, that's it's, maybe a way to say it it's problematic in the extreme let's say yeah i also like the fact that sean connery plays this character in the movie uh it it, it does not appear to be a sean connery type at this point oh no the movie's like completely misunderstood the story yeah right okay saw so the trappings of a story and say ah oh, so we get lots of like famous fictional characters and we have them cross over it'll be awesome yeah where, right okay where this book is like if these characters really existed they would like in this story alan Quart quartermain 
represents the British Empire. Sure. He is he is in decline. Yes. Yes. He is. Well, yeah. So suffice it to say, uh, they they escape from the opium den. Uh, oh yeah. Let's move on. Move on. Okay. By several. Uh, uh, a, 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 a horde, let's say, and arrive at the, the the docks. Yes, at the docks. Okay, there's a a, a good little um, chase, like action scene. Uh-huh. Lots of detail in the background. Uh, everyone is out to get them, uh, and they arrive at the docks. There's nothing there. I don't understand. He gave me a word as a gentleman that would he meet he would meet me here. And then uh, Alan God's what team I mean, is an excellent something. Hmm? God's teeth is an excellent exclamation. Oh, uh, yeah. Is it the opium, or can you see that as well? And then we have a oh, hero shot. Of... Hashtag squid ship. <laughs> the squid ship Nautilus uh, yeah. rising from the bay. Uh, an amazing, like, once again, uh, hats off, Kevin O'Neill. Your, yeah. your, your uh, picturing of this particular... Uh, creation is ten out of ten. Incredible. Even throwing an extra couple of seagulls for for us there. Um, you're a real, right. uh, you're a real seagull head there. There's lots of seagulls in this. It's uh, he just does good seagulls. I mean, look at them. They're 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 not like they're not super detailed, but they're essentially evocative of the flight of a seagull. I mean, yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, so it's a it's a, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a ship that's both phallic and slightly vaginal in places. It's it's a oh, really yeah. it's a tremendous success. Yeah, it's definitely uh, a cuttlefish. That's it's something. Yeah. And then we are introduced to our next protagonist in this story, this motley crew, uh, the mad Sikh, Captain Nemo. Mm-hmm. I am unfamiliar again with Captain Nemo, but seems like a good dude. <laughs> as well, yeah. Uh, Radship. Yeah, Radship. He is, of course, uh, want, uh, wanted by everyone. Well, let's put it this way, unwanted by everyone. Uh, he, he was uh, a reputation as a, a madman. He has advanced technology. He shoots some people with a harpoon gun, which is really? a comic book. Yeah. Uh, re- referring to the Arabs as Mohammedan rabble. Yeah, uh, 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 yeah. So some more, some more racism for indeterminate purposes, and then we well, are under the sea. I, I think that uh, Nemo is re- equally racist to everyone. He's like yeah. Dirty Harry. He's yeah, like, sure. <laughs> He's like Dirty Harry, Brad. Uh, yeah, <laughs> cool. <laughs> he he hates everyone equally. Yeah, except for um, his friends. Uh, let's not get it. What friends? Um, <laughs> okay. Well, the just rescued. The just rescued. Okay. Well. Uh, I think that's more a marriage of convenience than anything. That's probably true, yes. Uh, so we see a nice gory shot of some uh, some Arabs meeting their end at the end of a harpoon. Uh, Nemo salutes and the Nautilus submerges in another beautiful image of it uh, in a undersea setting. Um, okay, we have a exchange where they discuss uh, Nemo's history. And Quartermain uh, uh, says he needs his medicine. And Nemo says, you are aboard my ship, sir, and my remedies are bitter. Uh, he asks who he is. Nemo says, no one. 
and we he blacks out. This is all told rather masterfully, just like yeah. simple comic storytelling. Yeah. Uh, this next this next one gave me the, the 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 so him going through withdrawals and stuff gave me uh, flashbacks to Ethan Vendetta a little bit. The these sort of um, the 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 when when V I guess is imprisoned and and uh, yeah, Evie tortured and stuff. Uh, well, V uh, the initial when he becomes oh yes yes or maybe I'm thinking of Evie. I don't know what I'm thinking of, but I'm thinking it definitely gave me V from Vendetta flashback. And I love the opening this opening the <laughs> opening the blind. To see the red fish with the giant eyes, like that—that that fish had been waiting there for like an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, him. it was like, hey, hey, I gotta check this out. I gotta, <laughs> this guy's gonna have a look at me. He's gonna go, oh yeah, what a pranking fish! I love it. Uh, and of course, on the other side of the portal, for, where uh, the sweating uh, Alan Quatermain raves, uh, they're having some tea. Yeah, in a very English setting. Uh, uh, yeah, Nemo mentions that he's calling for Anslopogos, actually from uh, King Solomon's Mines. Ah, oh, okay, uh, right. Quatermain's most famous adventure. I see. I see. All this, all this, over my head. Yeah, all like Victorian adventure fiction, fan fiction, uh, yeah. done by the greatest comic writer in the world. The, um, the, 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 the thing in the background of that where he's talking about Anthropagus, uh is quite a, quite a piece. Mm. Uh, it's, it's all kinds of uh, stuff going on in that, on, in, his, in his wheel. It's a wheel, yes. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It is, yes, it is the wheel which, which he steers the ship. Oh, some things going on there. Okay. Uh, he, says, he mentions, like, hints, because it has not been made explicit who... Uh, uh, Wilhelmina is, Miss Murray is. Oh. Uh, and it's very unusual that you would figure out who it would be because using her full name and uh, uh, unmarried, what's the word I'm looking for? Christian name? No, no. Um, yep. Her maiden name. Maiden name, thank you. Uh, you'd have to be pretty on the ball to figure out who she is. But they're dropping, like Alan Moore is dropping hints all over the place, you know. Dangerous men, why, Captain? You have no idea. Uh, as for my, as for my qualification, she says, as as she scratches at her neck. Yes. Uh, they must remind my own affair. So, is she a vampire at this point? No, no, she just uh, okay. uh, was okay. merely uh, attacked sure. and had her blood drunk by Dracula. Right, sure, sure, sure. Can I just point something out? The Say, teapot, hmm? the teapot in in the third panel. Yeah. Has very yeah. small fish in it. <laughs> you are correct. What are they in it, or are they etched on the outside? No, no. Let's just say they're probably in it. Yeah. There is small fish in her tea. Mm. Mm. I'm sure it's a uh, a delicacy. Maybe. Okay, and then we arrive in Paris, and once again, an amazing. Yeah, uh, fantastic. Aurora. It reminded me of um, of uh, the arrival that um, Sean Tan. Uh, it, it's a it's a graphic novel uh, sort of for young people, really. Uh, if you haven't read it, check it out. It's like a it's about immigration and, and a few other things, but it's uh, an incredible graphic novel. And the art style of this reminded me of that. Mm. So yeah, uh, 
once again, we're we're in a in an alternative like world where there are airships everywhere in in France. And you can see um, in the very background the Eiffel Tower, but it blends into the background of this sort of <laughs> fantastical France. Indeed. Uh, very expressionistic and everything like that. Uh, okay, so uh, Alan Quatermain is complaining. Uh, you know, I don't understand why we're here. Uh, you know, couldn't uh, couldn't the buccaneer friend be here instead of me? Okay, and the French authorities believe him dead due to the mysterious island affair, which is a, another Jules Verne novel starring Nemo. Uh, it's better he remains dead. Do you know who you're dealing with? So it's just him complaining, Quartermain complaining, and uh, Nina giving them some sass back. Yeah. And of course, Alan Quartermain says, I pray God that all English women are not of your manly ilk. Uh, what a charmer. And then and, and a, and a small Frenchman appears. A small Frenchman, Auguste Dupin. Uh, do you know of Auguste? I, I do not. Okay, well, as is shown at the end of this page, he's on a remorgue. Famously, the first there. detective story was uh, Murders on the Remorgue by, I believe, Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, Dupin was the, was the detective in that story. It was set many years before this, which is why he's so old. Uh-huh. I want to use this character, but he'd be really old by now. But I'll still use him. Yeah. And they discuss uh, the case of the orangutan, which was murdering people. Well, we don't know that yet, Brad. The, 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 uh, that is that is is given away in the dialogue here. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. I, I, where? Well, where? That's, he's talking of the, the case fifty years ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, just, I want to jump back though to to when you first meet him, in the second panel. There's a man wearing a the the man in the, the grey coloured suit. Mm-hmm. Uh, his proportions are insane. Okay, the man in the grey coloured suit. Yeah, so this is like the on on page twenty three, I guess. Yeah. And the Which second panel. panel? I'm looking at Alan Quatermain there. Which one are you talking oh, about? Oh, that is Alan Quatermain. That is Alan yes. Quatermain. I'm sorry. His proportions in that frame are outrageous. <laughs> he looks like he's <laughs> about eight feet tall. Anyway. Yeah. Well, he is, if you check the pre- previous panel, he is quite tall compared to both of his companions. Yeah, but he's like a head taller than the lady there. Oh, yeah. And in, in that, he appears, like, next to the stout man next to him, he's mm-hmm. like a good, I don't know, foot taller than anyway i just thought it was a funny like the, he looks like um who's that guy who's that guy that he looks like brad oh no you do know you, uh, do know. you do know um okay i know that guy yeah oh that guy no 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 you, you uh, um Shaquille o'neal uh no no uh, is it is it david byrne uh from from um oh. talking heads he has that suit the big suit he's got the big suit <laughs> the people, the people listening, know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, yeah, you, yeah. You, you, do you know, or are you humouring me? I know. I don't think you know, Brad. Everyone, Google David Byrne. Big, I know, I know what you're talking suit. about. And don't let, don't take Brad's work for it. Um, everyone, go and Google David Byrne's big suit, and you'll see what I mean. 
Yeah, once to Google, uh, stop making sense once in a yeah. lifetime. Okay, so you do know what I'm talking about. Okay. I know exactly what I'm ta you're talking well, about. Well, okay. Well, in any case, if you want in to believe case. that, uh, Google it at Google. Separate okay, yeah. Quarter main and David Google Burns' it. big suit. Okay. Thank so you. we can continue that, Brad. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Uh, I will say a little uh, detail I just noticed. Uh, was the uh, there are some children digging through muck in the yeah. fourth panel there, and a guy doing some work in the canal, and it looks terrible. Perfect. It looks horrible. The stick lines coming off is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and uh, uh, Dupin uh, explains the case from 1841 on Rumorg where a orangutan killed some people. Yeah. Now we get the orangutan. Yes. Okay. Um, and we have just a little like uh, Alan sort of like looking through the window at the uh, pharmacy. Yeah. Yeah. And the last, the last panel being like, uh, uh, how, how might I pass myself off as a prostitute? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> oh my god! Alan. Yeah. I love what also that panel that she has become a, a triangle. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Uh, the portions very, of her body yeah. have gotten more and more ridiculous as we've gone along. Uh, yes. But the art style is still very tops. Very ex expressionistic sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like a German expressionist film. Yes. Like in, in the extremity. Uh, yeah, so, uh, so it's decided there. Mina will go undercover as a prostitute to try and find this ape-like creature who is killing prostitutes. In the classic the scheme that always works. 100% of the time. Always works. I love, I love the sort of uh, the, the top of the next page, the, the windows of, of Paris. It's so, oh, oh 10 yeah. out of 10. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. It is, it's lovely. It's like the different like, lanes as well. Perfect. It's so good. Mm. You can see right down to the street level, but then also up. It's oh, yeah, 10 out of 10. Yeah, great work. Mm. And we have our sexed up uh, Wilhelmina. What a, what a dumb plan this is, too. Let's both stand it's opposite so corners of this street. Look, uh, look in the sort of the direction that she's in, but not be able to see each other. So there's yeah. clear blind spots already. Yeah. Also, one of us is a known drug addict. Let's put him literally next door to a pharmacy. They <laughs> <laughs> just were not paying. He, he, he's like uh, Rodney Dangerfield. He gets no respect. No one was paying attention. If anyone was paying attention to his longing looks through the window at the pharmacy, maybe they would have come up with a different position she, for him. She knows that he's a drug addict. That she, she's yeah. literally just spent several days cleaning him up. Uh, anyway, yeah. dumb, dumb plan 101 right here. Dumb plan. Well, she takes takes her, uh, her station under the, uh, the under street. the gas fixture. I love that. And they set up their lookout where they can't clearly see each other. And of course, there's a page of uh, Mr. Quartermain, sort of like oh, I, -ba -ba oh, I reckon. I, 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 the fourth panel is tremendous because it's just him looking directly at the reader. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Ooh, I got to get some of that uh, <laughs> laudium. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he, he toddles over to the pharmacy and comes out with a little bottle, takes a swig, and has a look down the road and oh my god, <laughs> I fucked up. Yep. Uh, he was like, "Where, where is Mademoiselle Murray? I don't know. I, 
I looked away for a moment and and he's sitting there with the bottle in his hand. <laughs> and a, uh, it's a, a withering look, let us say. Both a weakling and a fool. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Dupin uh, asked a local worker yeah. uh, if she's seen anything. Uh, bonjour, papi, en coteau. Uh, so I can read a little bit of French. Uh, looking for a fr- a femme, a petite man, a small man, maybe a client. We could be here for a while, Brad. If Two you... minutes. <laughs> Two minutes. I'm translating the uh, next page. Uh, went by here two minutes ago. Uh, anyone look uh, like a gorilla? <laughs> he yeah. asked. Yeah. She says, nope. Okay. Small English. I'm mincing. I'm mincing a small Englishman. <laughs> uh, what did she say? So it was a skinny Englishman named Henry. Uh, okay. Well, at least he does not sound like our murderous ape. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, they keep their pistols ready. Something gets uh, a umbrella stand. A elephant put foot umbrella stand gets thrown out of a second story window. Yeah. A lovely umbrella, a lovely like what a what a nice piece. Yes, indeed. Mm. Uh, Quartermain grabs his gun and runs in the door. Oh, bang! Shoots it open. Okay. Oh, yes, it's the second attempted rape. Yay! Oh. The second oh, attempted rape of God, Alan Moore. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay, so apparently she thought she could handle him, but then he changed, and we have uh, Quartermain gets taken care of rather quickly. Yeah, brutal. Whack to the back of the head. Henry is gone, and then Henry's boom, home. another I'm fantastic Henry. splash page. Uh, really, um, uh, what a what a what a horrific visage. Yes, indeed. And of course, this is uh, Edward Jekyll and Henry I. Uh, sorry, Doctor Jekyll. Yes, yeah, Henry Jekyll and Edward Hyde mm-hmm. from Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Uh, and we are given a short, uh, like teaser for the next issue. Yes. The next number of our picture periodical. There are further scenes to divert and astonish including episodes of a bawdy nature that our lady readers, being of a more delicate sensibility, may wish to avoid. Uh, yeah, I mean, bawdy nature, a.k.a. more attempted rapes, uh, probably. Yeah. And that... Look, that yeah, that, that's the comic book. <laughs> that wraps up the book. <laughs> I, on, on the whole... Like I, it's hard because there's there's a lot there's a lot of problematic stuff in this book, uh, and, and, I, and I'm unsure to the degree to which if Alan Moore is trying to make a point about Victorian times and Victorian tropes, it is successful, or whether it is just done because it served it like was his way of getting the plot across. It just leaves a, a slightly nasty taste in the mouth. Uh, yeah. Mm. Mm. I think that's like, unfortunately, fairly true for most of Alan Moore's recent yeah. work. It's like, it's, you know, it's well done, but it does leave a nasty taste in the mouth. And it's a shame because it's such a great idea. This is a great 
I like doing this, like the, the concept of legal to extraordinary gentleman, although, you know, gentleman it, again, it's, it's, it's the main character is a woman. Uh, so yes. why is it called the extraordinary? Anyway, um, uh, it, it's a great idea that it's, that's sort of ruined by the casual racism and sexism that if it is intentional, what, why, why, why make that? so integral to the story i don't know it's okay just, uh, well i'm gonna go out on a limb here and say yeah. it is intentional i don't believe alan moore does any anything in his books that is accidental yes look i'm probably right notorious there. for his uh like attention to detail yes. and yeah rewrites and like asking for you know like um, just amazing as you say attention to detail so much stuff put in there um so I think he like it is clearly meant to be a parody, but it is also I think an homage to a degree. Mm. So it's like his, I guess his, and this is a thing that's what you find in Kevin O'Neill's work because a lot of Kevin O'Neill, the artist's work, is uh, over the top parody. Like right. His other most well, he's besides his 2008 work, his other most notable work is Martial Law. Which is a absolutely savage hum- uh, superhero spoof, uh, where it is like like the boys, except uh, let's say turned up to eleven. Jesus, there is no subtlety in it whatsoever. I mean, are people who are reading these books like this? Is the thing is like, it, it, does this? Yeah, yeah, it's it's tough because like if the point is. Like, is this is this a critique of Victorian storytelling and tropes, or or is this just uh, a, 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 an homage, as you say? Yeah, and and mm. and what? Yes, it's it's t- you, you have to treat these like you know the the sexual violence and the racism in these in this book um, seriously. I think. Mm. Uh, it's uh, yeah, but it's it's a tough one. I, I don't feel qualified to answer except to say it took me out of it slightly, yeah. uh, and it, like it got in the way of my enjoyment of the book uh, somewhat. Uh, I could see its merits very clearly, but also mm-hmm. I could I, I found those bits hard to get by. Yeah, well, this like it's a it's a recurring theme that pops up through the entire run of the story. Yeah, and it's like uh, it's intentional. Like I mean. I think, like, my interpretation, as I think I mentioned earlier, is that, like, uh, Alan Moore believes these things are bad. Yeah. So he thinks that the best way to make that point is to show them over and over again, which I don't believe is the best way to make that point. Yeah, look, I think that's probably, you've probably, you've probably hit on the nail on the head there, Brad. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, It's like, uh, and which is a shame because, like, the high points of this story are amazing. Yeah, I agree. Even the, um, like, and I'm talking about their, like, five or six volumes that ended out of, it's just recently finished, this uh, this story. Really? Oh, wow. I thought it was uh, older than that. Oh, well, this came out in the year 2000, but they've done, like, I think five volumes. Oh, wow. Various okay. Types. okay. Okay. Yeah, like, the opening splash page and all the stuff at the beginning with, with, uh, with Mr. Bond and uh, like uh, the style and the re- withdrawal sequence 
uh, and the images of Paris, like it's so good. And it's just, I think it's let down by him going back to the well one mm. too many times uh, yeah. with the sexual violence. And also the, the, even if it is supposed to be representative of the time, the depictions uh, of the Egyptian people being mm. a lot to take in uh, yeah. and, and, and yeah, grotesque. Okay. But uh, I don't know how to rank it because it's good and it's bad. Brad, what do you yeah. do with that? Okay, that's it. Well, I think we are in the final judgments. Final judgments. Um, I think, well, what, what I remember what I do. Is that a pre-made thing that you said soundboard you had just then? I couldn't yeah, tell. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, want to hear that again? Final judgments. It's the same. Yeah, yep. Uh, okay, so what I what, one rule I do have is like I have three. We have three ratings, which is good, bad, and weird. But you can combine them. So if you want it to be good, bad, gad, then that is permissible. Yep, I am going to go with that, Brad. Yeah, good, bad. I'm I'm going to go with that too. I think on some level it's like really good, and I mean this is usually I think this is the first time we've done an issue number one like the start of a story in the podcast but it's like as you go along it does get it gets better well i am i'm intrigued to read more tentatively okay let's just say i'm gonna spoil the high concept of volume two yes so volume one we get the band together volume two is league of extraordinary gentlemen colon war of the worlds so it deals with the martian invasion of earth and that seems to move away from good idea into well, not good idea well <laughs> let's just say it has some incredibly memorable scenes and i'm sure it does reasons. i'm sure it does i'm sure it's beautifully and some for not so good reasons okay great I, I look forward to that and the 100 year sexual escapades of these characters yes indeed um but that's just like uh a thing okay and one last thing i think we've just about like obviously we could continue talking for ages but i think we should uh wrap up what did you learn from this comic uh i learned that alan moore knows a lot about victorian literature and uh has some misguided ways of illustrating things are bad hmm yeah, I I learned that uh, don't don't have your entire plan hinge on a drug drug addict. Oh yeah, that definitely look out. Yeah, when he's right next to the drugs dispensary. That's a big a big one. Yeah, for sure. That's, That's probably like the best having um, like having Sid Vicious be your lookout next to a like a a uh, oh, what do they call that like you know. A, dr- a drug, uh, you know, where they, people go to shoot up. <laughs> One of them sh- shoot up rooms. A safe injecting. Yeah, room? they're on a safe injecting rooms. Don't don't set up like Sid Vicious to be look out there. He's no, I, yeah, no, good, a good, a good analogy. <laughs> yeah, the best. The best. The best analogy. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, let's just leave that one on the cutting room floor. 
let's start. Let's start. Let's start. Let's let's go with that one. That's a good one. I I learned as well that uh, that uh, our, our friend Kevin O'Neill is a is a heck of an artist, yeah. and I really appreciate. He's a genius. Yeah. You ever get a chance to like? You don't even have to read it, but if you get a chance to look at Nemesis the Warlock, it'll blow your mind. Nemesis the Warlock. Yes. All right. I spoke, with, I spoke with uh, Mark Buckingham about that in a few episodes ago, and it's just, once again, we were both gobsmacked by the art. It looks very metal. You know it. <laughs> well, we, I don't have time to talk about that right now. Okay. Well. Uh, okay, well, that's it. We've, uh, we've knocked the top of that one. I don't think anything more could be said about this particular issue of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which is a complete lie. No. Yeah, correct. I didn't. Oh, I just noticed that the, uh, the last pa- page of the comic, there's an Edison Tellation. Tesselation. Yeah. yeah. Teslaton. No, Teslaton. An Edison Teslaton. So it's like a a device which is a team up between Edison yeah, and Tesla. In this world, they got on. <laughs> and hence the wonderful world that you see before you. I think that's 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 canon. Yeah, the story, gentlemen. Edison and Tesla were doing it. That's <laughs> it. my head canon. You, you're okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You've taken it to another level, mm-hmm. and I approve. They were. They okay. was the, the, the. It was a. Uh, there were sparks that flew. Hey! hey. Golden lad of comedy. Okay, so uh, time for the next section before we uh, our golden lad does some more. What? I've got a question from the internet. Let me just have a look here. Oh, this is a good one for a golden lad of comedy such as yourself. This is from uh, from Brett Hansen. I know him. Yes, indeed you do. Bumbling 1950s and 60s and 60s comic actor Jerry Lewis. Mm. Had his own series of comic book misadventures. Uh, he asked, did any modern-day comedians or actors get their own comic book? But I'm going to flip that to say, uh, should oh. any modern-day comedians or actors get their own comic book? You know, what's coming up to my mind is uh, English, very, very funny English comedian James Acaster. Uh, uh, he's got a book called James Acaster's Classic Scrapes, where he describes all the classic scrapes that he's got into. Mm-hmm. Uh uh, and there's some very funny classic scrapes about him, you know, doing dumb stuff like sleeping in bushes and things. Uh, and I think it would be very funny to be adapted into a graphic novel. So that's my that's my answer, James A. Caster. Okay, James A. Caster. Now I'm I'm sitting here desperately thinking of like because uh, comedy is not so much my thing. Uh, Hang on. Yeah, it's like uh, stand-up comedy, not not so much my thing. Uh, but uh, I'm going to throw out a couple of concepts. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Uh, so let me start with, uh, what's this guy's name? Uh, okay, Carl Pilkington. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But they, they did that already, though, Brad. That's the Ricky Gervais show. The Ricky Gervais show on uh, is an animated program where they animate Carl's stories. <laughs> it's literally been done. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, uh, not in comic book form, though. Well, no, but in a, in a motion comic. <laughs> okay. Oh, so everything that has comic, like uh, drawn things moving, is just a motion comic. Uh, I can accept that. Yes. 
I respect your opinion on that one. What is Dave's uh, opinion? And I think uh, Tina Fey. I think I think a Thirty Rock comic would be great. Yeah, it's got a heightened sense of reality that would lend itself well to a comic. I I would agree with that, bro. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, well, maybe just see the adventures of Tina Fey. I don't know. I'm sure that'd be fun. I'd watch that. I'd watch that. Yeah. I mean, Sorry, you, you I'd, watch, I'd watch the motion comic. I wouldn't read it. I, I <laughs> you tend, wouldn't read uh, it. I didn't prefer motion. How good? How weird was that Watchmen motion? Did you ever watch the Watchmen motion comic? Ah, uh, no, I. It's I, a weird thing. I couldn't be bothered. Couldn't be bothered. It's a weird thing. Okay, well we we smashed it. I hope that helps Brett. Uh, I know he's recovering from uh, a surgery yeah. I think, at the moment. So well, I hope that gets Brett. you through there, Brett. You too. Yeah, yeah. And check out uh, James A. Custer's specials on Netflix. Uh, they're they're good time too. And check Rapid out spot. the Ricky Gervais show. Apparently, yeah. that does a thing that I just said that making Brad's dreams come true. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Well, that's it with that question from the internet. We're almost out of show. There's only two things left to do. First, recommendations. Um, so, what would you recommend uh, for people to? read or experience or enjoy uh as well as or instead of uh league of extraordinary gentlemen there jim uh i would say inspired by league of extraordinary gentlemen just go watch skyfall again you know you want to do it it's great skyfall <laughs> happy skyfall go watch skyfall again or if you like sean connery more because of the movie league of extraordinary gentlemen go watch from russia with love Oh, yeah, that's, those are both good movies that I would recommend you watch, I suppose. Skyfall. Yeah, they're two of the best James Bond motion comics around. <laughs> the, the motion comics now? I'm so confused. Yep. I'm going to recommend a different volume of League League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Ooh. I'm going to... Uh, Recommend the Swinging 60s episode, Nemo, River of Ghosts, which features the daughter of uh, the Nemo we met in this oh. uh, in this story, uh, having a adventure fighting Nazis in South America in the Swinging 60s. Hell yeah. Now, now the main reason I'm uh, mentioning this... Uh, Just to continue my... Uh, my yeah. uh, when I did uh, our friend Adam O'Sullivan's Doctor Who podcast, I spent most of mm-hmm. it talking about Austin Powers. So if you like, <laughs> if you like swinging sixties, I would recommend going and watching Austin Powers: International Man of Mystery, okay. uh, or, or the sequel, uh, Austin okay. Powers in the Spy Who Shagged Me. That's another review okay. recommendation. Or the third one. Nah. <laughs> okay, so my the reason I'm recommending Nemo because it features a cameo appearance by the Vincent Price character. Dr. Goldfoot. Great name. From the movie Dr. Goldfoot and the Bikini Machine. Great name. Uh, the greatest crossover of all time. I am intrigued and we'll do that. And of course, there is that is a James Bond riff being Goldfinger and Goldfoot. Something you'd probably quite like. And it's about Dr. Gold, Goldfoot's plot to use his army of bikini clad robots to seduce wealthy men. Heck yeah. From 1965. I am all about that. Okay, but I recall that being a particularly good installment because 
the 1950s, uh, 1950s and 60s crossovers and references in that, you probably would get a lot better than the Victorian ones here, Jim. Okay. Uh, so there you go. There's our recommendations. Great. That leaves us one final thing for us to do, Jim. Oh. It's been so good to have you on board for the podcast. Thank you for coming and talking about this very weird and very uh, uh, beautiful yet ugly comic. Yes, I would. that's a good way of describing it. Yeah, uh, It's been uh, a pleasure, Brad. It's been a wonderful time here. Uh, I've enjoyed it. I, I'm, I'm not as sweaty as I thought I might be. Well, that storm is rolling in, so soon yeah. you'll have some sweet relief. Oh, yeah, before I have uh, to lower myself to wear a costume. Okay, you can just go with what you're wearing now, your undies. Hey. Uh, recommendation. No, we did that. Did plugs. That. Plugs. Plugs. Is there anything you'd like to plug before we can uh, Bigfoot Theatre. We got shows every Friday night here in Brisbane. Uh, also, uh, Culprits is the uh, name of an improv duo that I do with... Uh, friend uh reese uh and uh we're doing a show based on the british tv show taskmaster on next week but it's it's all sold out so i don't know why i'm even talking about it it's gonna be yeah, well, a damn be, good time it'll be over by the time this comes out in any case ah, but, well it went well no, but yeah bigfooktheater.com check us out uh, we run classes and shows year round yes and indeed and I will say that I know that Taskmaster will be a tremendous success, so you will do another one. So Legally, I will correct you, it's called Master Taskers. Master Taskers. That's right. Like Dr. Goldfoot is different from Goldfinger. Goldfinger, yeah. yeah. Forget correct. it. No worries at all. Sorted. Well, that's it. And my plug is for this podcast... <laughs> And if you enjoyed listening to it and me and Jim talk about Victorian peoples and all sorts of stuff, then please rate it on your podcaster of choice and let other people know about it because I'd love to people to hear what we have to say. And I have really fun friends and ent entertaining and interesting people on board. Rate so, it good, rate it bad, rate it weird. Uh, yeah, rate it weird if you want to, if you can, please. Uh, but that would be great. And that's it for us. That's it for the podcast today. Thanks, Jim. No worries, Brad. Uh, just before we wrap up, I, would you be interested in reading some more of this particular comic book? Uh, I might. I might read some more of this little particular comic book. Okay. Well, uh, well, we'll talk. We'll talk. Once I've finished Zot. Oh. Well, yeah. Well, Zot is a hefty volume. I'm, I'm getting through it one poop at a time. <laughs> Fantastic. And on that bombshell... That is this episode of Troubling Issues. Thanks again, Jim. All right, Brad. And, and I'll see you next time. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and bye. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.